welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Let's welcome Peter. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Sit, sit, sit. Love you, love you, love you. Um, feels like being home. I told a couple of the worship team guys, I'm like, I feel like I just saw you. I think because we had Christmas and then I feel like in January, most of Australia just kind of shuts down. Um, and then February kind of kicks off, but really, really good to be back with you. Um, I'm going to jump right in just because I want to try to honor your time. Um, but uh, I love this place so, so much. I just love who you guys are and love, love what you're doing. If you're part of this family, you're just here visiting. Um, genuinely a privilege to come and serve and be with the worship team and um, Justin and Lee and the board, like you guys are so generous even to the region, going to a couple different churches in the region. And um, I just love, the, I love this church for many reasons, but one of the many where I love it is because you guys are so kingdom focused and you're not just echo focused. Um, so if you're visiting or you're, you know, from, from out of town or whatever, um, I love you guys are talking about the building. It feels actually really prophetic. I'm, I, it feels like I'm, I'm going to tie some things in today of what I feel like the Lord's doing in this house and in this region. But um, I, I, I really love that you guys are for the community and for the greater Melbourne area. You're not just focused on just Echo Church. You're really connecting with other churches. And so I'm a, I'm a product of that, going to different churches. I was with Liam Swain in um, Sanctuary last night and going over to Numa tonight. Um, so anyway, you guys ready? Um, we're going to jump right in. If you want to grab your Bibles out, we're going to go to Acts 2 because um, today is Pentecost. Do you guys say Pentecost? Someone kept saying penny cost last night. I was like, is that how Aussies say it? Penny cost? <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe it was this, maybe it was that person. Pentecost. Um, Pentecost is something that maybe some churches celebrate. Um, we'll go to Acts 2 if you want to put your finger there. Um, you don't have to, or maybe you're on your electronic Bible scrolling. Um, but Pentecost is, is, is something that, that a lot of churches, if, if you grew up really celebrating Pentecost, like in church, let me see your hands, if, if that's not you. Great. One, just Moy and I, great. A <laughs> um, couple others. But, uh, but it's, it's, it's really a, a beautiful day. It's, it's the 50th day um, after Easter. Um, so it's seven weeks after Easter. Um, and, and it really is, is the, the remembrance day of, of the Holy Spirit descending upon the people in the upper room. I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of background before, before we, we, we jump in. Um, just we'll, we'll, we'll read this. Um, we'll go ahead and read uh, Acts 2 really quick. Uh, so verse 2, chapter 1. You've, I'm sure you've heard this several times. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Everyone say one accord. So that's together. It's unity. Unity, real pause. You've heard me say this, I'm sure. Unity without diversity is just conformity. Yes? So you need diversity, right? Different ways of thinking, different cultures, different backgrounds, different nationalities, different skin color, different ways and like mentalities. You need diversity to create unity. If you have unity without diversity, it's just conformity. Yes? So you need, so I actually celebrate the church looking different, sounding different. Like I love it because that really is revelation for it. It's every tribe, nation, and tongue coming together. I love it, love it, love it. You don't have one accord unless there was previously discord right? Where there was darkness, there's light. Where there was separation, there's now one coming together. So they were all gathered together on the day of Pentecost, and they were with one accord in one place. Um, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. I love it. It's a sound. It's a sonic, like a sound that you hear with your ear. Came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. I don't know if you guys, you guys don't really have cyclones here that much, really. It's more up north. Is that correct? We call them hurricanes. I'm from the 
Atlantic Ocean, but hurricanes. I grew up with with um, with hurricanes, and there would be gusts of wind that, that would come time that, that that would sometimes blow through, and it literally would sound like a train. It was the wildest thing. It would literally sound like a train was going through our backyard. You could hear the sound of the wind. The wind wasn't making the noise. It was the wind affecting the things like the trees and the the buildings around you. But it was just wild. So you could hear the sound of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse three, then there appeared um, upon them divided tongues of fire. Sorry, my wife's calling me. There we go. Then there appeared, um, I love you, babe. I would always answer. Um, <laughs> you can, yeah, fine. But uh, then there, there appeared um, on them divided tongues of fire as one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, so we're, we're not going to read too much. We're, we're going to skip to chapter four. But wait for a second. This is the moment that like the Trinity had been waiting for, right? We preach about the cross and I, my, my life's message, hopefully, is, is the cross of Jesus Christ and him, and him crucified. I'm not coming to you with elegant words. I'm not coming to you with this, wow, amazing sermon. I'm coming to you with the cross of Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's it. And that is way more than it because that's more than enough. Um, but but this, this moment was like the descending of the Holy Spirit inside of us, right? What makes Christianity so different is that the Godhead lives in this little stinky, smelly, wonderful body that I have, this, this little sack of bones. Um, but it, 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 Jesus decided to take up a residence inside of him, of us. And Pentecost was this day where they're praying in one accord. Um, I really feel like unity is what breaks the heavy yoke. I feel like unity invites the spirit of God. Um, so if there's disunity in your house or in your marriage or in your workplace, the Lord's asking you to step into unity. Um, that may require you to surrender some things, come in low, ask forgiveness, right? Um, come in with repentance and forgiveness. And, and in that place, unity starts happening because you start coming together, right? You surrender your ideas. You surrender your, your logo of like, this is the church I go to. This is the church you go to. And you remember at the cross of Christ stands higher than any logo you can brand on a shirt. Or I love our different titles. I love Bethel. It's great. I want to preach the kingdom, not Bethel. Um, but, but suddenly we had this unity inviting the spirit of God and the spirit of God descended upon them. I wonder if Jesus or if the Trinity had always planned to come on this day. I don't know. Or if it was the unity that brought in something that was yet to be into the now. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't actually know if, if, if the Trinity, obviously they know all things and so they're outside of time. So they knew it was going to be now. But I wonder if the unity was the thing that beckoned the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So they had known the Father, Yahweh, right? They, they'd, known, they'd known Jehovah. Then Jesus came. Jesus was so offensive, calling God Father. It was so outrageously offensive um, to, to the people at the time because there was so much respect and honor for him. And then the Holy Spirit came. So after Jesus offended, died, and resurrected, then the Holy Spirit came. And what's the thing, generally speaking today, the thing that offends people the most or we have most church disagreements over? The Spirit, Right? It's still the thing that, that offends or like, they're too much. They're not enough. They're so dry. I don't like, oh, that worship, whoa, way over the top. That person, when they get their shofar and their horn out and their like flag and whoa, too much for me. You know what I mean? There's all this pointing back and forth. I mean, it's all ridiculing the spirit of God descending upon someone. When I think if we can look and recognize the diversity sitting on someone else, that would invite the unity and pull in something that was reserved for yet to come into today. I want, come on, get your show fire out. I have one at home. hundred percent. I do. I make fun of it and I'm the first one to out there. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, I love it. 
I love it so much. But I, I wonder if the unity was that which pulled in something reserved for tomorrow into today. I wonder if the spirit was waiting. When will they come together? When will they come in as one? When will the three become one? When will the, when will, will, will the, the people of God become one like you and I were one? Jesus, when he's praying in, in, in the garden, he said, God, I wish that, that they would become one. They, us, the church, would become one with you like you and I, the Father and Jesus, are one. That was one of his greatest cries is that union in Christ, right? So the unity is that which brought in and beckoned in the day of Pentecost and crazy flames of and tongues of fire, like, like, like it's nuts. If I was in that meeting, that would be wild. And I've seen some wild stuff. I've never seen a physical represent- manifestation of fire. I know some people that have. But if you were in that room, you were freaked out. There's no way you weren't. You had some sort of response. I'm pretty sure. Maybe they were more holy than me. But, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they had a like, whoa, loud rushing wind. If you sat in my back porch during that hurricane, cyclone, it, that is loud. And it, it was the, any, any measure of that degree. There was, there was a whoa, what is happening? I'm not going to read the, 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 the scripture here, but out of that place, they started speaking in tongues. I'm not going to get into a sermon about tongues. Um, I love it. It's great. If you don't have it, no worries. Um, it's the blood of Jesus Christ that saves you. Um, it's just a manifestation of the spirit. But the, the tongues came out of this room. Like you got the wind blowing, you got fire sitting on top of people's heads, and all of a sudden they're speaking in different languages, right? There's lots of different studies you can look at if it was a language that no one knew, if it tongues of men and tongues of angels. We're not going to get into that today. You can clean up that mess later. Um, but, uh, but it was so significant because people who were from all around the, um, the globe, literally at, at that time, were there for the feast, the, the, the feast or the festival of weeks is what they called it in the um, Jewish tradition. So they were there and they're walking down the street and, and suddenly they're walking, so let's say in America, and they hear an Aussie accent. They're like, what's that? G'day, mate. How you going? Right? And they're like, what's that? That's crazy. And back in the day, they didn't have airplanes. And, you know, the, the, the people traveled for months and months to get there. So for, for you to hear your own native tongue was wild. And even more, not just English. You know, you're speaking in every different language. And they're like, wait, that's not just my language. It's my dialect. You can read in the, the verses down. You can do some homework after this. But um, crazy, absolutely nuts for you to be walking in a different country in a different place and suddenly your perfect, very um, not, not well-known language is being spoken. You would be freaked out, right? So we got fire, we got wind, freight trains coming through, we have languages happening. That was a raucous meeting. It was a wild, wild meeting, right? And what did it do? Created a lot of offense and a lot of people, right? And then from that moment, the Spirit of God becomes... Um, incarnate with us, right? He took on flesh, he died, he went to heaven, and then he sent the spirit of God into humans, and now we're the temple. And so then the rest of the New Testament literally hinges from this moment. It's crazy. Jesus' blood paid for everything, and then the spirit comes down and lives inside of us. It's the most wild, scandalous, offensive thing that the gospel really carries, is that the Godhead sits inside of us and saved a wretch like me that's no longer a wretch. I'm a saint right? He doesn't call you that anymore. Okay. Um, you guys doing okay? Why don't we skip ahead to um, verse or, uh, chapter four. Let me just give you a, a, little, a little brief um, synopsis of what just happened. Um, so Peter comes in, um, people start speaking in fire, wind, and tongues, and everyone is like so confused, like what the heck is happening? People were so 
discombobulated that, that literally p- people are out in the street and they're like, they are drunk as a skunk and it's 9, 10 a.m., right? And they're like, they had a rager last night and they're already starting again. Like that was literally their response. They're like, I don't know what that is. That's weird. They're drunk, right? And Peter gets up in the famous phrase, they're not drunk as you suppose, right? It's the, it's the spirit of God inside of them. Um, pause really quick. I love manifestations. I love it. But more than manifestations, I'm looking for the fruit and the motive of your heart, right? And so I'm looking for um, the spirit of God, not the volume in the room. I'm looking for transformation to come out um, of an encounter with the Lord, not necessarily how wild or how quiet it is, right? So just be careful that we're not judging the spirit based upon volume. And we're not judging the, 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 the wildness of a meeting. We say wild, that usually means loud. Um, I love the loud. You've seen me worship, right? You, you know how I get. I, I love it. But I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for the spirit of God. Yeah. Yes? Okay, so we have Peter gets up. He said, guys, they're not drunk as you suppose. This is, this is foretold. Um, and he goes and, and, and preaches um, basically an explanation of, of why this was all prophesied. Um, so from there, we have, uh, again, a really famous story I'm not going to go into. We have uh, the famous... Um, uh, Peter and John at the gate beautiful. So they're, they're walking into the gate beautiful. Um, it's just a, a, the, a gate uh, on the temple that they call beautiful. And they passed um, the lame man and, he's, and he looks at him and he says, and he says you know, can you heal me? And I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, Peter says to him, silver and gold have I not, right? I feel like that's some kid's little nursery rhyme. Silver and gold have I not? Something like that. Can't remember. Penny knows. Um, but, uh, but, but pass, I don't have money for you, but I have the word of God. And they literally pull him up Right, they pull him up and stand up, and it's in the pulling up of of um, themselves that he's healed. Let's, let's act, I, I feel like we're actually supposed to look at that really quick. Um, hang on one second. Um, verse three: um, Who, seeing Peter and John, this is a, the, the lame man um, about the temple, asked for him um, and was asking for arms. Verse four: And fixing his eyes upon him, John and Peter said, "Look at us." Intense, right? Look at me. <laughs> to the, the, the man sitting on, on the ground. So he, he looked over at him and said, silver and gold do I not have, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him, okay, stop right there. The healing hadn't, didn't take place in the word that was spoken yet. It was the action where it happened. Okay, um, so silver and gold have I not. Um, and then verse seven, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately, everyone say immediately. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Okay, so he went leaping, stood up, and walked and entered the temple. And this was a guy who everybody knew at the temple. Oh, yeah, that's Joe. Joe can't walk. Everybody knows about him, especially back in the day. They used to think that sin was a thing that caused the, 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 the disease and, and whatever happened. And so they're like, oh, this guy screwed up or his parents screwed up. We're not sure what. But he's a cast aside. He's, we, we don't, that's, that's Joe, whatever his name was. Um, but we... We, we, that, that's just that's just Joe's who he is, and then suddenly Joe, who they see every day, every day after day, right? Maybe you guys have have some some similar people that you see in your life on a regular basis um, that you just kind of push aside. Suddenly, crippled Joe walks in, leaping and jumping, and you you can imagine the like, what? This is wild, right? So, it, but Peter's praying for the crippled man, and it's not um, the words that actually heal him; it's the action. It doesn't take great faith to pray for someone. It takes great faith to get beyond yourself and say, rise up and walk. And in the pulling up, it was, that was the thing that actioned it. I'm going to pause here for one second. Um, when I was here in November, I had no idea. What, you guys call it Theme Sunday? Yeah, Sorry, yeah theme, theme, 
What is it, you call it the theme for the year? Is that how you call it? Okay. I had no idea the, the theme that you guys, we hadn't even spoken about it. And I thought the Lord said, talk, speak on communion. And um, it was a month or two before, so I maybe stole your thunder a little bit, didn't mean to. Um, but I felt like it was a prophetic thing. I didn't know what I was doing. I feel like most of my prophetic, I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, really? Great. I have zero clue. The Lord loves to use little old you, right? And he loves to use the like, oh, I'm just following Jesus. I don't, I don't know. I think a lot of times he loves our, 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 you know, happenstance of what just kind of spills over inside of us. But I felt like it was a perfect declaration of the table becoming something that you guys would walk through and kind of circle around the idea and the theme for the next year. Um, I feel a little bit similar now. I know it's a little strange because we're in May, not even June yet, right? Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's something at the table that happens. Um, you guys have hit sonship. You hit um, daughtership. You've hit identity. You've hit you have a seat at the table. This like thing that in that message will never get old, never, ever get old. Um, but I was sitting with the worship team uh, yesterday, and we had this whiteboard that we created um, about six months ago, and we were going down, and we were like, what, 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 do, what are we doing well? Where have we grown? What maybe do we need to improve upon? What are we doing better? Like, oh, we've really improved there. Like, oh, yeah, we need to hit that one harder. And so we, we made this big, big list. I could bring it out. You can go back there and see it if you want to take a sneak peek. But um, we were going on, and we were looking, and, and all of them were like, oh, yeah, I feel like we're doing community better. I feel like we're doing connection better. Um, like, like, it, was, it was really encouraging for the team, to, like for me even, to hear, like, wow, Oh, we're doing good. I think maybe worship team members, you can give me a little nod, but, but they were like, oh yeah, we are growing. Oh yeah, we are, we are doing well. Sometimes it's good to take a look back at, but I feel like there's, there's going to be, obviously take this or leave this, but I feel like there's going to be a shift from you from concentrating only on this thing in front of you, right? When you are with Jesus and you take the cup and you take the bread, Nothing is more important than, than, than this communion, this common union with Jesus over and over and over again. But I won't flip to it. Peter is with Jesus, and you all, you all know the scripture. When Peter comes down, he's kind of restoring Peter, so to speak. And he says, Peter, do you love me? What's Peter's response? Feed my sheep. Oh, sorry. Peter says, yes, you know I do love you. And then Jesus' response is, feed my sheep. Interesting. The love of Jesus, Peter, do you love me? I imagine like Jesus like putting his finger in his chest, like, do you love me? You know, that kind of moment, like, ooh, you know I love you, Jesus. Of course I love you. And Peter says, feed my lambs. And he says, Peter, do you love me? Third time, if someone asks you something, especially like a really somewhat scary, like, whoop, leader, you're like, whoop, I don't, what do you mean? Are you getting at something? I don't know. What do you, you know, if I came with Tosh, Tosh, do you? And I asked her three times, you're like, okay, something else you're saying right now, I'm, I'm feeling feed my sheep, feed my lambs. The love of Jesus that was poured out into Peter, the natural response and commission from Jesus was to feed his sheep. Every single one of you, whether you're in ministry full-time, whether you're in business or in medical care or whatever sphere of influence you are, teaching or stay-at-home mom or dad, whatever, whatever you're, wherever you're at, when you, the love of Jesus comes upon you and you really get this table, you really, really understand this cup and this bread and the body that was broken for you, the blood that was shed for you, you come to a point when suddenly you're like, wait, this is so good. I can't help but not give it away to somebody else. I can't help but not tell somebody else 
about Jesus. How many of you, come on, be really honest with me. I say the word evangelism or reaching out and you're like, terrified. Come on, give me a hand. Come on, give me the hands. There it is, there it is, great. My hand would be up there with you. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down there with you. I'm not naturally geared that way. But I really feel like the Lord's going to redefine what it looks like to sit at the table and then reach out to the person next to you or the person even beside you in the chair right now and the people outside the church. Um, I, I, I really feel like there's, there's this idea that when you see Jesus, really, really see him, you can't help but not tell somebody else about it, right? You guys love coffee and food here in Melbourne. Hallelujah, I do too. Um, I feel like I eat so much when I'm here because it's so incredible. Also from a tiny little town in California, so we have no culture at all. But uh, <laughs> we don't. We're a bunch surrounded by rednecks, and the biggest thing in Redding is the rodeo, literally. Um, cowboy hats, the whole deal. But, um, but when you go to a really amazing restaurant or get a really great coffee or you go to a really amazing place, what's your natural response from there? You go home, you tell your family, you tell your friends, you maybe write a review on you know, Google or you take an Instagram about it or you, you, you tweet about it. You're literally, the natural response of encounter is to turn and tell. That's the natural response. Oh my gosh, have you ever been to this place, right? Holy moly, the best whatever you've ever had, right? Oh my gosh, it's so good. Let me tell somebody about it. Have you guys ever, you guys know what I'm talking about? Your natural response is to tell other people. When you see Jesus, when you sit at this table and you get identity and sonship and daughtership and who you are, this unmovable, unshakable thing inside of you, when you get the blood that was shed, the body that was broken for you, and you understand just how good he actually is, you can't help but not talk about it. New Christians are notorious for this in the best way, right? They realize the depth of their sin. They will realize I was screwing up. I was a mess. I was out to lunch. I, I, was, I was gone. I was destitute, broken, and poor. And they get redeemed. They get set free. They get, they get whole. And they're the most talkative people that you've ever heard about Jesus. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yes, they're the most chatty people. Jesus saved me, right? Because they're so aware of their need that has now been satisfied. I feel like for you as a church, and if you don't go to the church, Okay, but I, I, I feel like as a church, there's a prophetic almost shift kind of happening to where your concentration has been at your place and understanding who you are. And it's not selfish to, to feed yourself first, right? A little baby, my little 19 month old, it's, I don't call him selfish. He has no clue about others yet. He's just starting to become a little bit aware of feeding Claire or I, right? He'll like eat and he'll be like, Gaga, he says, that's, that's Dada, right? And there's no Ds, just Gs right now. So Gaga, and he'll, he'll start, he's just in the past couple months been like, oh, I'm eating something. Maybe you want something. It's just happened. It's a natural response when you're fed and fed and fed to then look to the others around you to think, oh, it's more, it's more than just about me. Because the life of Jesus is to lay down your life for you to be crucified with Christ. You don't live anymore. Bye-bye. You said Goodbye. But Jesus lives in you. The life you live in the body, you live by faith in the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. When you really get this table, you can't help but not explode about Jesus. When you really get how much he saved you. That's why new Christians are just, just everybody. Come in with me. Come here. Look how he saved me. Look how he, what, what, what he did. Okay. Um, we're going to start wrapping up here. But um, uh, let's go to uh, chapter 4. And let's scroll all the way down um, to 29. Guys, okay? Chapter 4, verse 29. In Acts. Okay. 
Verse 29, now, now, Lord, look on their threats. Okay, sorry, let me, let me preface what, what's happened here. Jesus, or, uh, Peter and, and John have healed this crippled man. Um, the, the Jews of the time are the religious leaders um, who frustrated the heck out of Jesus. Now they're frustrated at the disciples, right? Because they're preaching the name of Jesus, which they took as a threat to their um, way of doing church. So they're, they're threatened. They're like, who, you're preaching the name of Jesus, which was so offensive to them, right? We all think Jesus, we think, Lord, Savior, King of the earth, right? But they hear Jesus and they're, it's almost like I'm saying the name of a prophet coming to town, right? I'm saying the name of, of a visiting itinerant minister, right? And now suddenly I'm praying in the name of an itinerant minister. Do you understand how offensive that would be if I did that here, right? If I'm, if I'm praying in the name of somebody else, because you don't have the framework and the context to understand it. Do you understand how offensive this was? We, we think about it as just, oh, nothing, but you got to put yourselves in their shoes. Like they've been raised and trained in the scriptures all of their life. And now these men are coming and they're healing people left and right. And they can't deny this. They can't deny the healing further up in, in the, in the, um, in the chapter. It says they, they, they were amazed by, by the words because they knew basically they were stinky old fishermen. And suddenly they had these words and like they, they reckoned they obviously had to be with Jesus. But this, this guy's, they're, they're, they're coming around, they're healing people left and right. And then they're preaching the name of this itinerant minister, pastor, and calling him the son of God. Goodness gracious, I think I would be offended. I, I would be pretty sure I would be offended by that. And so they're looking for a way to, to, um, to, to tear down their ministry. And so they bring him before the Sanhedrin. It's basically a, a, a big, a big um, gathering of, uh, of, of leaders in the church. They, they bring him before there, and they couldn't really charge him with the fault because they were afraid of the people because the people loved him. But they release them, and then they go back to their friends and like, guys, listen to what just happened. We just got, like, totally charged by, by the leaders of the time. And so this is what they're, they're, they're talking about in verse 29. So now, Lord, look on their threats, the threats of the Sanhedrin, the threats of, of, of the Jewish leaders, and grant to your servants, us, that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, number one, healing, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant. So signs and wonders, right? Healing, signs and wonders. So like unexplainable. I don't know how this happened, right? Verse 31, and when they had prayed, everyone say, when they had prayed. The place where they were assembled together was shaken. Again, we have shaking. I mean, goodness gracious, the neighbors must have been like, what's going on? <laughs> so there's lots of different translations of the word shaken. But, but they, were, they were, and then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Pause real quick. I love that there is one filling once and for all, right? If you've been filled, you don't need to be filled more. You're already filled up again. But yet, back two, two chapters later, they were again filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's, there's different fillings. I don't have time to unpack the different translations of it, but there's a once and for all filling, right? If you know Jesus and you died right now, hopefully I believe that you would go to heaven. If you don't, come talk to me afterwards. I'd love to lead you to Jesus. But hopefully, right, you believe you would go to heaven. So you've been filled with the Holy Spirit right now. You have the, the entry card to, to get in, but yet you need to be filled continually by the Spirit of God, to lift your eyes out of your circumstance and see who he is. So verse 31, after they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with all boldness. Okay, um, verse 32, where I'm just gonna read, read this real quick and then I'll, I'll wrap up. Verse 32, now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart, everyone say one heart, one heart. and one soul. 
Remember that accord thing, the diversity coming together, the unity? Neither did any one of them, neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. Pretty radical there. Um, But that they had all things in common. So wild. Verse 33. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Basically, hey, I've seen him resurrected from the dead. Really offensive. And great grace was upon them all. Verse 34. Nor there was anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them, wild, and bought the proceeds of the things that they were sold and laid them at the feet of the apostles and that they had distributed to each other so that no one had need among them. Wild, wild generosity in this like idea of, of, of unity. I really feel like there's something prophetic in you guys paying off this building. I just back there listening and I was like, this is wild. Like it feels, it feels really significant. Jesus, or the father loves land. He loves geography, like over and over again. It's why Israel is so important to him. Um, it, it, over and over again, there's all throughout scriptures, land is huge and land marks out a spiritual authority. I really feel like there's going to be authority shift that comes upon you guys in this house when you guys pay off the building, whenever that happens. Um, I'll say prophetically, it's going to be this month, right? That's what we're hoping for. Yeah. Um, but I, I really feel like in the spirit, whether you're a, a part of this church or not, whether you're on the, the leadership team or not, when, when a people of God, um, take possession of a land. They take authority. They take, they take strength in the land. I feel like there's going to be a shift that comes upon you guys, your board. And then as, as members of this body, I feel like there's going to be an upgrade, um, in the spirit because you're no longer literally in debt, um, to uh, obviously that's, I'm not talking about finance right now, but, but spiritually almost there's, you're, you're spiritually, you're physically out of debt, but you're spiritually out of debt. And I feel like there's something about ownership that is going to, to shift and, and transform inside of you um, in this place. I really feel like there's going to be um, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that comes upon this. You guys have, you're only on one third of the land. Is that correct? So you own the two thirds behind, behind me, right? I, I, re- I was sitting back then. I was just like, holy moly, I'm just, you're talking about this. And I, I started dreaming and I was like, I really feel, I heard the phrase distribution and discipleship. Um, I feel like, I, I know you guys do outreach to the poor already. You have like a food thing back there. I don't know much more than that. There's a food thing um, back there, but you guys know what I'm talking about, of course. But I feel like there was a distribution and discipleship center really is what I felt. Um, and I, I felt like there was, there was going to be um, something about land where you all built um, upon this. I feel like there's people in the congregation and, and, and in your heart you have a desire to work with the poor and to feed the hungry, but you don't know how to. And I feel like the Lord's going to make that clear to you and, and putting up more and more programs in place. Um, and I feel like in days to come, there's, there's going to be a discipleship center. I, I just kept hearing distribution center and discipleship center. I felt both of those things. I don't know if that's a school. I, I have no idea what that is, but I feel like there's going to be a very practical, tangible building that you build back there um, at, at, at some point in time. And that the, the region is going to come to you because of the authority you have and owning the land. Like you're not paying off anybody else and you're giving away out of an abundance, literally like Acts 4. So the spirit has descended upon Echo. You've realized who it is inside of it. You've owned it. You've paid off the debt, literally and, phys- and, and spiritually. And I feel like there's an authority shift that's gonna come to your families, to your businesses. Um, to, to, it doesn't matter if you're on the board or you're, you're uh, you know, on staff or not at this church. I feel like if you attending here is really gonna, you're, you're gonna feel like a shift in your, own, in your own space. How many of you like, I mean, probably everybody could on some level, but how many of you are like, I need the Lord to show up in finances right now. I'll just limit 
component to that real quick. How, how many, like, you're like, I need the Lord to show up. Come on, come on. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've come out of COVID. I, we were just talking about loans yesterday with someone and people defaulting on loans. And um, I, I really feel like there's going to be a shift um, in, in ownership when you guys purchase this land fully, like you pay it off. Um, and, and the Lord's gonna be giving wisdom and grace of how to navigate finances. It comes from the beginning of realizing the portion that he's given you. You can't do squat for him. You can't. It's only by the grace of God inside of you doing it, right? It's not by the schemes of man. It's not by the, 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 another planning, another thing. It's the grace of God poured out. Yes, we respond um, to, 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 to the grace and we have to do some practical things. But ultimately, it's the blood of Jesus and the body that was broken for you. And when you get the table, when you get that, it prompts you into looking beyond yourself, to looking to somebody else, to, to, to being inconvenienced. I never want to be so important that I'm not able to be inconvenienced. I've really tried in, in, in my life. Um, I'm usually rushing to some other Christian meeting, just to be honest with you. It's what I do. I'm a bit of a pastor. I'm, I am a pastor. Um, it is what I do. But I'm usually going to some meeting and it is so easy for me to be like, I don't have time. I'm going to disappoint the person I'm being, I'm going to. If I, if I, I'm going to inconvenience myself and other people. I never want to be so important and so mighty as a Christian worker of, of ministry that, that I look at the poor or look at someone who needs something in a grocery store and, I, and I'm too important to, to pass them by. That's literally the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? I feel like there's something when you really understand the dinner of the Lord, the supper of the Lord, the last, last supper, his, his blood and his body. When you really get it, you're like, oh, I got to leave a Google review. This is so good, <laughs> right? Oh my gosh, I got to take a photo and Instagram this because it is great. I got to go tell my family about this. I got to go tell my friends about it. And I feel like in the past, um, reaching the lost, feeding the poor, evangelism has been something that's felt almost like a heavy yoke or a heavy pressure or also like, I don't know how to do it and also be a really great mom and dad and also be a, you know, and also work my job and also this, I can't do it all. But I really feel like it's gonna be the grace of God that empowers you and gives you wisdom on how to do it. And I feel like he's gonna put dreams inside of your hearts that you need to write down. I was with the worship team yesterday and I was like, what are you guys asking the Lord for? And I was like, I really felt like in the moment I shifted what I was talking about. And I said, I think you need to ask the Lord for things. Like go ahead and ask the Lord for, 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 for dreams you have inside of you. Because when you get this, you gotta tell somebody else about it. I don't know what that looks like for you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here. I, I'm, I'm kind of speaking to the choir, no pun intended, myself included, like, I, I've really been walking of like, I want to pray for the sick. I want to like ask for, 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 for people if, if, I can, if I can pray for them. I just encourage people. I just, just talking to people. And I feel like he's going to give you wisdom on how to do that and do it like you and not have the pressure and expectation of trying to do it like somebody else. But, but in, in, in uh, chapter four, nor was anyone among them who lacked anything. For all the possessors of lands or houses sold them um, and bought the proceeds of the things that were sold. I'm not asking you to sell your house. Maybe Jesus is. I'm not asking you to, but that needs to be Jesus, not me. Um, and, and, and bought the proceeds of the things that were sold and they laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed um, to each as, as anyone had, had need. At, when the Holy Spirit descended upon them, the natural response from that meeting was, and they went out. 
the natural response of being fed is to go and tell others. The natural response of understanding the message of Jesus and what he has done for you is to go and tell other people about it. I don't know how you do it. I don't know if it's at your job. I don't know what it is, but there's something so healthy when you get your eyes off of what's wrong and the nitpicking in, the, in your own family, the nitpicking of church. Listen, I'm in it right now. I, I'm in all of this. I'm sitting in the audience with you right now talking to myself. This is little Lord's been speaking to me about of like, hey, why don't you give away something? Because when you're, when, when, when you're so concentrated with this table and obsessed with, is it well built? Is, how's, how's the service doing? Like, is the worship okay? I, I love all those things. Don't get me wrong, right? But we can become obsessed with the table and we forget that what's the most important is the people at the table. Yes, and I feel like for some of you, you might be stuck or constipated or just like, I don't know where else to go. And he's like, get your butt up off the table and bring other people to the table, right? To get out of your personal drama and get into his story that he's really, really writing for you. I don't know how he's gonna do that. I don't know specifics, but you need to ask him. But I feel like there's something about when you get that table, you invite other people to it. Um, how? It's going to look like you. It's not going to look like me. It's not going to look like any traveling itinerant whatever person. It's going to look like you and it's going to come. But it might cost you something. It might inconvenience you. And I hope I'm not too important to not be inconvenienced by the Lord. Really? That's, that's, that's really where I want to be with, with the Holy Spirit. I feel like this house is going to become a sending house um, with, the, with the distribution and discipleship. I really feel like, like when you guys pay off that, that debt, it's going to be a, a looking out of like, wow, we're not, there's going to be a liberation where I'm not as concentrated on paying off the debt. I'm now looking at like, how can I be a blessing? And I feel like it's crazy when you start looking beyond yourself, how all of the things that are real things you have to nitpick and look at and do, I understand the monotony of, of life somewhat, but suddenly those things just start getting oil all around them. And they start moving better and better because you're not as concerned about yourself, Right. I love, you guys have heard me preach if you've been here for a couple of years on like emotional health. I, I love it, love it, love it, right? And you can't give somebody that which you don't have. You have to, in order to cast a crown, you have to receive a crown. In order to give the, the dinner away, you have to receive the dinner. You hear what I'm saying? But when you sit down at that place of authority and understand who you are and you really get it, you can't help but not give that away. How do you give it away? I don't know. What do you do? Is that leading a small group? Is that, is that talking to people on the streets? Is that feeding the poor and helping out with the food thing that you guys do back here? Is that, is, is that cleaning the church? I don't know what it is, but I think sometimes we think I need to like concentrate and look more inward. And I think sometimes the Holy Spirit is like, I love that. That's great. But look outward. How can you give? And in the looking outward, suddenly all the things that you're trying to fix inside just kind of fall into place right? Because you're, you're looking beyond yourself and your life was never your own. It wasn't. This life you live, it's a died and resurrected life. Does that make sense? Um, let me, let me, let me, let me pray for you. Why'd you guys stand? Woo! Holy Spirit, thanks that Pentecost and, and the, the tongues of fire and the rushing wind wasn't for a better meeting. <laughs> oh, thank God. It wasn't for a really wild church service. That wasn't the point of it. I love church services. Don't get me wrong. But thanks, Holy Spirit, that your outpouring was for others 
and for you to turn and tell people. God, right now, I ask for, I, I, I really feel like there's almost like um, a commissioning happening. We, we use that word a lot, probably at Bethel. I don't know if you do here, but I feel like there's like a commissioning happening where you're getting a mission for your life. You're getting like, like a commissioning, um, a, a, a partnering mission for your life, and you're getting commissioned by the Holy Spirit, and he's even awakening things inside of you. If you felt stuck or constipated or just blocked or numb or dead and you've gotten self-centered and just looking at yourself and everything's about trying to, to, to nitpick things apart and trying to understand, I, I really feel like for many of you, he's asking you to lift your head up again. If you need that, why don't you just do a little tiny prophetic act of just, just, just literally tilting your head up, just tilting it up. Lift your eyes to the hills. Where does your help come from? It comes from the maker of heaven and earth. Lift your eyes up. It's not ignoring the, the pain or the, the hardship in your life. It's looking to the mountains. Where does your help come from? He's the maker of heaven and earth. Maybe you've gotten so concerned with, your, with, with what's happening in your world and the real, real hard things, 100%. And I'm not saying ignore them, but ultimately he is the one who fixes it all. So God, I ask for grace to sit at the table them to know their seat, to know their identity, and then for that food to almost annoy them in their stomach until they start giving it away, until they start telling other people about it, until they, they, they start stepping out of their own um, story and really inviting people into your story. God, would you mission people today? It's so easy. Holy Spirit, come and, come and give us missions. Would you agitate our hearts? And would we reckon it to be you and your voice? Beautiful King, beautiful, beautiful Jesus. Give us practical ways of how to do this. In your beautiful name, amen. Guys, real, real quick, I feel like sometimes you hear sermons like this and you're like, hallelujah, amen, let's go, right? And you, and you leave here, I think it would be really good if you feel something inside of yourself to actually write something down, to take your note app out of your phone, to write it on a piece of paper and like really ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Um, and, and then activate it and, and launch on it and do it. I really feel like some of you, your breakthrough is gonna come in the reaching out beyond yourself. Love you guys. Love this house. Such a privilege to be here.